Hello, welcome into the Section 109 podcast. I'm here with Mix and Toby, as usual, but I'm also here with Matthew and Jay. Hey. What, what's up, boys? I'm alive. What's up? Welcome Jay, back. Jay, welcome to uh, Studio B again, changed again. Yeah, I love it, dude. What do you think of the new, uh, still very much unfinished studio? Oh, yeah, but that's my favorite part is like there's so much you can do, and we're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're definitely, definitely got to talk about that. Um, but we're here to do kind of a tough one today. Um, just to be honest, an emotionally tough one. Um, Jeremy Allenbaugh has departed. He has played his last role as CEO. He's done his last game as CEO, and he is headed to his next thing. Um, and and that's you know where he's going is, is not public, and I'm sure it will come out at some point soon. And we'll all you know hopefully be happy for him because we, we've all heard it's an offer he couldn't refuse, right? But I'm gonna be honest, boys. I'm I'm a little sad. I'm a lot sad. Yeah, rightfully so. The guy came in and did a lot with a little and, you know, helped us get our feedback. I mean, you know, before he came, I mean, it was uh, a bit of a shit show with everything that happened, you know what I mean? And the club was completely left witless and, you know, left with their lives turned upside down and had to figure it out. And then he came in. Actually, one thing I didn't say before the podcast I wanted to say, I got invited um, to Sheldon's last dinner as the GM of CFC right before Jeremy took over. So I was mm. there, and everybody on the board went around, you know, Tim and everybody went around and said their piece about Sheldon and how awesome of a job he did by coming in and taking something that was in shambles and doing a really good job of, you know, getting it to where they were. And it was a really tough time, and he did a lot of really hard work. And I, and I remember when they passed it on to them and hearing all the things about Jeremy and getting extremely excited, and he only delivered on all of those things that I heard that night. Yeah, I agree. I Like, man, we, did, we weren't a professional club before Jeremy got here. Like, we were a club in transition. We were a club that had acted like a professional club. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother, NPSL <laughs> pro. <laughs> The Members' Cup. But we weren't a professional soccer club. We didn't have a built-out front office. We didn't have a professional front office. We had some pieces, and we were transitioning to it, right? That's what Sheldon oversaw was the transition from amateur to starting the professional climb. Mm-hmm. But And I have the I have the poster here to hang up that I haven't hung up yet. I just put it in a frame. And the canceled 2020 season. Yeah. Um, you know, we're gearing up for that first game. We're, we're a new club transitioning, and then bam, COVID, and no one knows what's going to happen. I think I, I look back at, at at what what Jeremy has had to what ha, what he had to do in his time here. Um, we we were not a professional club. We were as professional as it got in the amateur ranks. Um, but there was so much we didn't know. Yeah. Um, and him coming in to to professionalize the like all aspects of the club to professionalize the front office. Um, to to then to then navigate day one, what a complete and utter shit show Nisa was. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about which was like you know the right choice to to move to. Did you say it was? was? Still is. <laughs> um, Has always been. <laughs> it, it, it was the right choice to, to join it because we we needed to, we needed a professional situation and and NPSL was not going to be it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of had to join. And I think what we were what we were promised it was going to be it was utterly and completely not. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 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 Jeremy was around in the in the you know the older days of USL when USL was a shit show. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that experience was really valuable in, in terms of managing what, um, what could be managed, just kind of throwing your hands up at what there was nothing you could do about, uh, and, and focusing on what you could control versus what you couldn't control. Um, and then obviously you get COVID on top of that. Uh, and I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not sure there's anyone else that was as perfectly positioned uh, to be able to handle that first year as a professional club 2020. Um, man, I mean, like, I, I just can't say, I can't say enough about, about the job he did. I can't say enough about um, how uh, he and, and, and Tammy and Sydney became a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, they became part of, of you know, so many people's ears. And in, in this in this Chattanooga community's families, um, and and yeah, it's I'm happy for my friend uh, to move on to something something really incredible for him and his family. Um, I'm a little sad for the club, although I believe that we've we've found we found a, a capable, competent, and a brilliant operator like Jeremy once. And I, I feel like even especially now the club's got three years of professional history. Um, and is a desirable, I, I think will be a desirable location. And I think we'll be able to find somebody else to, to take the reins and usher in the next, the next three years, the next five years or whatever it's going to be. Um, but I'm, I'm also like personally just like sad for myself. Uh, and because like that's, a Chattanooga is and, and Chattanooga FC is a is a special place in the the American soccer ecosystem. It's a unique place in the American soccer ecosystem. Um, things happen here that just don't happen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It is it is special for a reason, and it's because of that unique bond between supporters, uh, the community as a whole the players, the coaches, the, the front office. Uh, you just don't get that anywhere else. Yeah. And it makes Chattanooga and it makes Chattanooga FC special. And Jeremy became a friend. Uh, you know, it, that first year was hard because, because he, you know, because of COVID, like we, we weren't able to, people weren't able to gather a lot. You want to tell the story of how we, uh, how we vetted out Jeremy? Oh my God! The first, the first time, so the very first time we we. So the the first time I ever met Jeremy was in his interview weekend. It was the Milwaukee Torrent game at the very end of the NPSL Members Cup. Man, was that the super rainy one? Yes, yes. it was. Yeah, I remember that. And Smitty and I were in uh, were in Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Yeah, slash yeah. Miami for the uh, what was supposed to be the Miami United game or Miami FC game, excuse me. That but they bounced for USL. Yeah, during that well, period. they bounced for Nisa actually. Oh yeah, they bounced for Nisa. Sorry, they bounced for Nisa, and then they ended up yeah. bouncing for you. So, you're so, right. so I met I met Jeremy that that weekend. Uh, it was after the match. It it was very very brief. Uh, I I think if if he ever listens to this, I'll I'll say it. Like I don't actually really remember making him making an impression at all. I think he had been drinking from a fire hose and like going through the interview process, and then it was a cold and rainy night in October. Like, you know, I I bet he was also just tired at that point in time. Uh, but a few weeks later, 
when he was in town for for a stretch before he had really moved here. Uh, Breezy and I ended up uh, meeting and sitting down with Jeremy, you know, two on one. Was this before or after? This was after the initial meet supporters thing, right? So we we went to the meet supporters, like meet let Jeremy meet supporters evening. Um, it was like a Friday. No, it was it was a work day because I, I showed up late and I asked him like thirty five questions in a row in the upper floor of. Jeremy I honestly, I honestly do not remember. Pretty um, sure that was the first time I met him was then. I don't. I think. It, I think it was after. Um, and, and then, yeah, we we hit him up, and because I'll be honest, I'm not a very trusting person when it comes to the the thing I care about most. Yeah. In this life, which is this football club in this community, and so I was. Uh, yeah, I was skeptical of who is this guy and what are his kind of like what are his intentions. You know, when your, your friend get like you, if you have a friend or a sister that gets a, a new boyfriend, and you're like, I don't know about this person. Like that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. So we we knew I listened to every podcast Jeremy had ever done, yeah, um, or that I could find, and I found out he liked Bush. He and I don't know if he actually like. I mean, I know he likes Bush, but I don't know if he liked Bush as much as I thought he liked Bush. We're referring to like Bush Light and like the Bush Bush drink, Anheuser Bush. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. Budweiser, right? Not but no. Actual well, I mean, Bush. it's the actual Bush. Oh, really? The Bush Light or Bush? So I found a place which ended up being the Moxie that had. Bush. Bush cans. Bush cans. And by the way, he didn't order one. <laughs> so I don't know if I was right or not. But yeah, Matt and I had a little two like we asked him to like hang out or, or come meet us and like he didn't have any reason to do that necessarily. Like he could have very well turned it down and been like, Who are these even though he like he might know who we were, like just who are these two random like supporters? Like I because we were there to gang up on him. Yeah. Not not in a bad way, but like we were there definitely there to like vet him out and like see is this a good guy? I mean he's coming from USL, so it's like is he you know, is this guy gonna be the kind of guy who we want to run our club and like we were scared or I was at least. And I, I, I wouldn't say I was scared. I just, I wanted to get to know the person that was going to be charged with, with this awesome responsibility. I was scared because I didn't know him. So I was, I was scared that he might not get it. Like get it, like understand the, the values and the, and the, the club and the, yeah, I, I, and I the think thing that makes it special. And I think we could we could put that to bed pretty fast in terms of we did. Yeah, he he got it. Uh, there's no there's no denying that he that he that he didn't get it. Um, I mean, just I, I I think about um, I think about you know just 2020 and how how absolutely insane it was. Uh, not playing matches and then trying to figure out you know could we do this little independent cup thing and restart you know a small season and maybe a bubble tournament and stuff like that um and i remember you know getting uh getting a lot of outdoor beers at uh at chattinger brewing company with with jeremy and and coach fuller back then and, and olivier back then too yeah um it was a really special time that i'll always remember and it's it's wild that the um uh, those those three chairs now uh, are are empty at that at that table on those Tuesday nights. Yeah, it's like I don't. That's one of the things that if if we get a little bit past the sentimental, and I don't want to move on completely from the sentimental part, but like I am, we haven't so we haven't really talked on this podcast much yet about the this whole thing because we're about to go for a new CEO search, right? Yeah. Um, and something Davis, the interim CEO, said. Uh, was that they expect to start February 6th, start the search, end of this week, basically. And they expect the search to last two to three. I hope the search can last two to three months. They think it might take four to six. Um, you got to get the right fit. You got to get the right fit. Um, so 
when this first happened, what were your emotions like, Jay? When you first heard, what were your emotions like when you heard that Jeremy was leaving? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> sad immediately because I and first off, I enjoy him drinking beers, and whenever he comes over and does the podcast with us, I felt like he really accepted us and did not just like you guys were talking about your your two on one. Like he didn't have to come to my house and talk on microphones with a bunch of blowhards who like to listen to their own podcast later on. Yeah. Um, but he did. And then, uh, I, this happens every now and then, but not at this length, but I, I just distinctly remember us turning the microphones off and my wife texting me an hour after we were done with the podcast being like, are you guys still podcasting? I'd be like, no, we're just shooting the shit now and talking about possibilities and talking about, the past and how things have been and how he wants to do things and his ideology on how the youth inclusion in the first team should be and et cetera, et cetera. So I was, I was more bummed about losing a person than I was about losing a GM. Uh, kind of, kind of similar to how you guys felt. I thought the, the guy's just dope and he's, he's super knowledgeable and super cool. We, I also connect with him on another level talking about uh, like low level hockey, which is like super nerdy, but he oh, was yeah. really into. And as soon as we, I, I found out that he was interested, he actually, he actually recommended a book that I read. I read it in a week and uh hockey and Dixie. It's a really good book. It's about, you know, uh, teams in the South and the history about it. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I think my overall takeaway was uh, sucks that we were losing a GM who did a really good job in a really shitty situation, but also losing a super cool guy who was a part. I mean, dude, how many GMs do you go to the brewery with after a game or just on a weeknight and hang out with them? I remember seeing him all the time and, and feeling that close connection is, is cool. You don't get that with every team. I agree. You, you don't get that anywhere, but here really. Yeah. yeah. No like, doubt. It's just, it's just one of those, it's just one. It, this is just one of those special places, and and Jeremy was a special person, and he fit he fit really well in, and that's going to be. I think there are plenty of competent soccer 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 people out there. Did you say soccer? Soccer. Uh, I think there are plenty of <laughs> of competent soccer people out there that will be good leaders and knowledgeable and understand how to how the dynamics of, of you know, figuring out the bullshit that is Nisa. Figuring out, you know, how, how can we better sell tickets? How can we better business is business do business, business related things? Mm -hmm. Uh, the question I think will, will come down to, is this person a right cultural fit? And I don't necessarily mean like, you know, they're from, they're from a place that is like the South or like Chattanooga, but all, all I think we really ask in in an executive that that becomes the the CEO of CFC is do you understand what this place truly means to the community to the supporters um i think that will be the determining the determining factor for the for the next for the next person that takes the job uh in terms of in terms of who we want to be that next person to shepherd the next 3 to 5 years or whatever it ends up being of this club. Yeah. I I felt a similar thing. I felt really, really sad. Then I felt extremely angry. Extremely angry, which I'll share very bluntly He's here. smiling saying that, by the way, for people who can't. I'm still angry, but I've managed to not I managed to not um, yell at people, but I'll yell at people on this podcast. You should try comedy. 
<laughs> this uh, I I do every week on a podcast. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I I I still am um, upset though. I think that like they're gonna figure it out. So the part I'm upset about is, and I'm upset at Jeremy. I'm upset at the board. I'm upset at Davis. I'm upset at Sheldon. I'm upset at Paul. I'm upset at everyone who, for the last two years, knew that our biggest weak spot was if Jeremy wasn't there, there's no mid-level manager to take over and run the thing for three to six months while you find a new person. If Jeremy got hit by a bus, like, what were we going to do? It's one of my favorite, like, I, sorry. If, if somebody hits by a bus, is my favorite thing to use whenever you're talking about an emergency situation. Yeah. Sorry. And look, sorry it's, ter- it's terrible, but we knew this was totally avoid. So the thing I'm most nervous about right now is the next one to four months. Look, Davis stepping in is good. It's a solid like transition thing. He's going to do a solid job, but he shouldn't have to. It, this, this shouldn't be how it has to work. Mm-hmm. There should be another person. There should have been a second executive underneath Jeremy. And I realize everyone thought, including Jeremy, that like, I'm going to, there's going to be another year, right? It'll, it'll be okay. But this is fucking stupid. Like it, it was, this is really, really bad planning. Really, really dumb. And while we're going to be okay, we won't cruise, in my opinion, along at anything less than 70 or, or anything more than 70 or 80%. Because we're going to, all the people that know what they're doing, which is everybody in the front office, are going to do a solid job at their job. But there's going to be no one to pull everything up and navigate the league stuff to pull everyone up and like help them in their personal and professional development for the next three to six months. I'm not saying Davis won't do a good job, but But he's not Jeremy. He's not at the same level or understanding of the same level and have, and having watching it firsthand. And he's not, and look, you can carry on the work that Jeremy is doing the best you can, but you're not, you weren't in there every year, every day for the last three years. So you just can't do it. And so it was really, really stupid. It was very poor planning and it's inexcusable. That being said, they have a chance to correct it now. Their chance to correct it is to hire two people, and this is my this is my explicit hope here. Mix chop trying to drink Dude, mass mixes, water. Mix is on one right mix, now. Mix her saw me get a little uh, saw me get a little um, emotionally charged here. So this is the chance to fix that. Right, the next hiring process should be, and they've not announced anything, so I'm going to wait till they announce it, and then I'll I'll choose whether I'm going to criticize it or not. But they need to hire a CEO. And Davis said this at the at our so at, for anyone that attended the Chattahoolian social hour, like Davis said a little thing, Jeremy said a little thing. It was great, and Davis said, "Look, the basically the role of the CEO, what it was when we hired Jeremy three years ago, is different than what it is now. Does that mean we're going to reinvent the wheel? Absolutely not. But we're going to go out and make sure that the the role that we're looking for fits the exact person we're looking to hire. We don't need to hire in the past. We need to hire in the future. This is no shot at anybody. It's just, but that's but the club's not, we've already outlined. The club is completely different than when Jer- yeah. Jeremy's built this thing and left us in a really good place other than not having a second in command to run this thing. So I'm mad at all of them for not doing it, but now they can hire two people. So my, my explicit hope here is that they hire two people. They hire a CEO and then let that CEO hire their person or they hire two people at once. But the second person needs to be, I don't care what they are. Director of ticketing is an example because ticketing is extremely, extremely time consuming. So you could have somebody that helps run ticketing. Um, it doesn't really matter what they are. You need a vice president level. And I said this in my new year's resolutions this year. I said it in my new year's resolutions last year for the club. Like it's got to happen for the longevity and preservation of this club. You need an additional person so that if that person, the person in charge gets hit by a bus or burns out or whatever, there's an additional person to help carry the load. Fallback. Yeah. yeah. So I was, so first I started really, really sad and then I was really, really angry, at Jeremy included, because he had a part in not hiring somebody. For whatever reason, they didn't hire somebody. So 
now I am less angry because, you know, that's how it works. As time goes on, you get usually get less angry. And I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for, for him. You know, this is an offer he can't refuse, right? So he's going to go do a thing that's good for him and good for his family. And just like we want to see players move on, I want to see coaches and, and administrators be able to move on. I'm genuinely happy about that. I'm not worried about six months to 12 months to five years from now because the hiring search that brought Jeremy in will be conducted in a similar manner and they will find the right person, right? They will find a someone... And Matt said this to me like a day after or two days after the announcement. He was like, hey, man, more people than you think get it. I think, yeah, I, I think more people, I think there are plenty. That's what I'm worried about is getting it. I think there are plenty of competent soccer people out there. I don't think anyone really disputes that, that concept. There are plenty of teams. There are plenty of people with experience. Soccer and lower division soccer in this country especially takes a special breed of person to work in it. And if you've done it for, for a, any certain amount of time in a good situation or in a bad situation, I just think you get into the business because you, like, you get it a little bit, mm. uh, especially on, on the like team executive side of things. And I, I have a feeling there will be, there will be candidates out there that, and, and they may not be the right fit in the end, but I think they're going to be candidates out there that get it but maybe have never worked in a place where they've been able to show off or that, or like the club culture or franchise culture, if you will, wherever they happen to be may not be um, the definitely won't be the same as here, but maybe like that, that, that just that connection between club and community and supporters, it, it just may not be quite there. And this is the type of spot where someone wants to come because they want to be a part of that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I just think there's more out there than, than, than we think. And I think just like they went out and they found someone who did get it, who was also competent, they'll do it again. Yeah. There, there are, there are smart and principled people, the founders included, but also those who are new running this club and they will find a way to, to make it. So they hire like they did last time. And I've I've be, I've come around to that idea. At first, I was you know in despair and, and sadness and whatever else. But um, I was I was worried honestly about the the news. Uh, I mean, I, I he Jeremy Jeremy told us a couple of days before, a few days before the the public announcement, and I was legitimately worried that this might actually break Nisa because of how the, the how the challenges of of this league. Um, and, and like, I was, I was legitimately worried that like it would be, you know, I mean, Chattanooga FC is, is, and and with respect to a couple of the other clubs out there is, is the, the focal point of Nisa. It is the club of Nisa. It is what everyone else is striving to, to, to be if they're striving for anything at all. And was legitimately worried that like this would be like just like that straw that breaks the camel's back yeah. that, that has everything fall out. Um, and, and maybe because I I've been so uh, deeply involved in terms of um, <laughs> mixes, biting your uh, laces. Yeah. No, uh, mix just almost threw up on his shoes. That's, that's spectacular. Actually, yeah. uh, and, and maybe just because I've, I've, I've been more in the weeds than a lot of people on, on some of the stuff with respect to Nisa, you know, 
maybe that was clouding clouding my uh, my my judgment in in that kind of perception. And um, well, Matthew, there's still no schedule, so there's still plenty <laughs> there's, of time for Nisa to die. There's still no schedule. There's teams, but I think I think it's a. I, I think I got a little bit of that extra faith. I don't. I don't. Maybe in like the enduring, um, the enduring factor for for Chattanooga FC, and and maybe like the cockroach factor of Nisa. If like you really just can't kill this thing as much as you try, and I think we're gonna be okay. I believe that with my whole heart that we're gonna be okay. We're gonna find the next person. the The work that Jeremy did. To put the right people in the right positions in the front office, bringing bringing Darrell on, bringing Madison on, bringing Sam Glick on, um, and, and and Alex and 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 other Jack and, and others too. I shout think, out Mark Hill. Yeah, shout out Mark Hill. Yeah. I, I think like <laughs> I think we're gonna be just fine. You've got and, lots and of Olivia, and Olivia. Yeah, you've got lots of competent people, um, and and Mary Mary and Smo and, and on the merch side too. You've got lots of competent people. That are really good at their jobs, mm-hmm. um, and and yes, they will they will need a new leader to kind of unify all the silos together, um, and and start and start you know the next phase of, of what we're doing. But these people are really good. Uh, they're creative. Uh, they're incredibly smart. They are uh, just they they get it. They understand what it means to be working for Chattanooga FC. They understand what it means to be a part of this community. They understand how much... Um, there goes mixed drinking out of your cup while you're talking. How much the supporters matter. Um, and 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 they understand how, mu- how many people, so whether you stand in one or nine or not, like live and breathe Chattanooga Football Club. Oh, yeah. And I have no, I have no doubt that um, though it will be a little bit more work for everybody involved, I have no doubt that they will continue to press forward and crush it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that is in large part because of the leadership and the training that Jeremy brought in his time here as executive. Oh, yeah. So um, because of how I have been and what the things that I have said on this podcast, whether we're talking about what we want the club to do or we're talking about New Year's resolutions— this la- this Atlanta game, Jeremy's last game, was an incredible environment from all facets of everything from the club. So the stream was awesome. Uh, you guys talk about them bringing Lucas and that other guy in, and that was really cool. The social media, uh, even though what the fuck was happening with the, the Twitter thing, I don't know any answers to that. That's just crazy that that happened. But um, the video... And the interaction and the posting and the pictures and everything was so professional feeling. Uh, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I I remember, you know, and, and the hooligans, you guys, you, you mentioned there are people who are tied into this club heavy that don't stand in 109. I am one of those people. Um, but that was such an amazing, cr- like you guys, from, from where I was standing, you guys were louder than uh, Atlanta's people that came up. That's uh, always been true. By far, yeah, yeah. For sure. A Jay, little different, too. Jay, did you know we have a beer relationship? A ch- the Chattel Hooligan beer, the lager, and now Kolsch predates the existence of Atlanta United. I love that. Get fucked, Atlanta. <laughs> but from... Small club. For all of the, for all of the people 
who do a certain job who have been brought on with Jeremy or, or by Jeremy and through Jeremy, I see them, if they're staying here, all I see is continued improvement in all different directions that attract fan and fandom and kids who want to come be a part of the sport and maybe grow into being a soccer player and being influenced by the goodness that is CFC. So I have a lot of confidence in all of those people that I have in the past said, I wish they could do better. Well, like shit, like this last time I was like, well, shit, they, they did better. They've been doing better. It's been, everything's been getting better. So. Absolutely. Another thing that will go down with Jeremy's legacy is bringing back the women's team. Oh, that's massive. So I, I have been vocal on this podcast and off that I was frustrated that it took so long. Right. But they did bring it back. And when they did, Jeremy kept his promise. And his promise was that they weren't going to half-ass it. They were going to do it right. Now, on the field, were the results what we wanted them to be? No. But those are harder to control. What was like super important and super evident was that they took it very seriously that the the women's team was treated like the men's team had been in the past. Now, does that mean that they were treated like they were professional women's soccer players? Not quite. Not like CFC men maybe are, are, are treated right right now. There's just there's a slight gap there. But they were treated like we treated the NPSL men back in the day. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case in the prior iteration of of CFC women. And and you heard it in, in the podcast Anna Lanter did with us. And you also heard it from players after the game. Like this was really special and really good and really different um, than anywhere they've been before. And for those that were at CFC Women before, this was different than it was before. So that will be, I think, an enduring legacy of his as well. And it's up to all of us now to continue that legacy on and off the field. Let me ask you guys a question. Yes. Um, is there... Just kidding, sorry. When... when we, we are not the search committee for the next CEO. Is there... Yet? S- don't, yet, don't limit yet. me, you son of a bitch. Is there is there something specific that you can think of right now? And this was not in the show doc. I'm putting you guys on the spot. Is there something specific right now that you think, you know, I really want to make sure that we hire someone who is or who is like or has experience in X? I got two pieces. So I want to hire two people. That's the first. That's the first yes. thing. Yes. And if we don't hire two people, I will. You'll hear me on this podcast being very angry about it. Um that, and I don't mean two two people at the same level. One one VP that can grow into being that CEO, and then one CEO. Um, that's the first piece. The second piece is I need, I want. I should say need. I'm going to say need and want interchangeably here. We all know this is want. I would like to see, and I want. I want to see one of the two positions be an experienced soccer person. So I don't believe that the CEO has to come from soccer necessarily, as long as the other person comes from soccer ops. Right. So I what I don't want is one person that worked in golf and one person that worked in hockey coming in to run the club. Right now, you can work in hockey ticketing and absolutely crush it here on the as, as VP or potentially even if you were high enough up and good enough at running everything, potentially even running the club. As long as you have an experience, I just believe we need one of the best things that Jeremy brought to this club was soccer experience, yep. experience in running a soccer club. That's that's the first piece i want one of the two to have like significant soccer experience that's hopefully not running an amateur club that's hopefully running a professional club the other piece is i need this i need anyone who's hired here the seat at a management level to understand like supporter soccer and supporters and why like this is different like this is not running the lookouts this is 
Chattanooga FC is not the lookouts. It is it is a living, breathing, like connective tissue among club supporters and community at large. There's a thing that's different about Chattanooga Football Club. A thing that's really, really tough to explain to make it like tangible and explain. But there's I'll give a few pieces that that make sense for me. Like there's eight marriages that have happened as a result of the supporter community that's surrounded. And these supporters are people who build their lives around, who don't put in any vacation time a lot of times until they have the CFC schedule, who come to every game, who plan their entire social calendar. My, I mean, I know that there are a lot of my friends who know they can't see me during soccer season, essentially, because I'm, I'm too busy with soccer, right? There's the seeing the players after the game, the winning together celebrating our wins together and mourning our losses together there's the responsibility and the feeling of representing chattanooga that's different than it is playing for the lookouts or playing for you know huntsville in this case like huntsville is starting a new soccer team they are connected to it um to nashville whatever the hell they're from and that's fine like that's cool but they will they don't have the same kind of connection that we do to these players who are, are beholden to the city, who represent the city, who feel the weight of it on theirs. And you saw that in with the guys that were sobbing after the game against Michigan Stars that we lost. And you see that in us talking about getting beers with the GM. Does that mean you have to be able to get beers with the GM to be a supporter? Like, no, of course not. But there's supporter owners in this club for a reason, right? There's a supporter yeah. rep on the board in this club for a reason. The the original owners and founders offered supporters sh- like real shares. They offered an opportunity to buy into the club for a reason this is they they are a public benefit corporation for a reason the the idea that we could compromise on that on someone who doesn't get that and that's the thing i'm most scared about i don't want to break in a new ceo like i know this one i trust this one but here we are so the next person they're going to be different but i need them to get it and i need them to understand that cfc is different and by the way, we don't like. We're also very different from a club like Detroit, which is also like supporter. Um, they're very supporter focused, but they they handle everything different culturally. They go wild with uh, with running into each other on the internet and and solving their problems on the internet. And that's whatever they can do what they want. But we solve our problems internally. Like we have, we all know each other. We're one big family. We have that real family feel. Yeah. And yeah, that's a lot of blabbering to say. Like I, it's hard for me to say that explain the lightning in a bottle that we have here but and you don't you you don't have to understand it you don't have to, be able to understand it from the outside from day one but you have to be willing to you have to understand that it's different that it's different and you have to understand that this is not going to be a, a nine to five monday through friday uh, i run it i run a team that no one really cares about thing like this is you know a lot of it for me outside of like the health of my family and friends like this is the most important thing to me on this planet yeah i think a um, Not just the club, but like the the club and the community <clears throat> that surrounds it. I think a way to sum up sort of what you're saying is that the club is gonna and community is gonna mold you. You're not gonna mold the club and the community. If you're if you're in, you know, you need to fit in right to where you fit into this one living and breathing organism, and you you keep the blood flowing. You're not trying to redirect the blood anywhere else. If that makes sense. So you're not breaking it up. For me, the most important thing is community but on a different level than what you're talking about. I will not be happy if a GM comes in and says, oh, the foundation, cool, that's over here. That's completely disconnected. They do their own thing, and there's really no relationship. I need, Jeremy did a really good job of this, but a really big part of why I am such a massive CFC fan is because I was a part of the foundation. 
And so for me, that's a massive part like I've watched the trajectory of kids' lives change because of the foundation and its relationship with the club and being able to take them to games and give them opportunities to do cool things like run on the field and experience things that a lot of kids don't get to experience. So being able to keep that attached to the club at a very high priority level is very important for me because we had a, we've there's been somebody in the past who didn't see it that way, you know, fuck them, and uh, that was really shitty. And as soon as the other two people that we have previously spoken about, Sheldon and Jeremy, have stepped in, I've noticed a massive change in the relationship between the foundation and the club. And as long as that is very intertwined for me, that that's that's probably the number one thing for me. I need those. I need that relationship to feel like they are one. I don't want it to feel like it's two separate things. If that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. The club, and, and I realize that like operationally they're they're walled off, but like the club is the supporters. The club is the foundation. The club is the community. The club is the first team. The club, the men's first team. The club is the women's first team. All of these things are the club Mm -hmm. and the club is all of those things and only when they all work together do you get uh do you do you get like this this community truly in this club uniting behind the the mission of the club itself which is to bring people together it's to bring it's to literally make community here and make the community better through soccer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and I think the thing that really separates it, or, or an easy way to look at it, is most most communities that have a soccer team have a soccer team. They don't have a soccer club that is more than one piece, right? They just have one elite men's team or occasionally an elite women's women's team, and that's it. That's they, the, or, the extent or they it. slap their shitty branding on a kids' club, and they try to consider that a part of the community because they have people pay them to be a part of their club. It's not. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same, and it's special here. And so, the, it, it is a precarious next few months. It's a precarious time for for hiring a new person to lead us, for finding the right you know head of the head of the um, organism, so to speak, that's going to turn turn the body and turn the organism. Yeah. The, the the decisions the decisions in front of of uh, the board, the hiring committee, et cetera. Now. Uh, very very clearly like do shape what direction this club goes in absolutely and uh and and every single and every single big decision like like that alters which path you're going to be taking and and we've got to trust that they they get it right um and and like they have to also work like this is not something that they can just do with their with their eyes closed like they also have we're going to have to work at this to get it right and I have that I have faith in, and I also have faith in that whoever comes in, as long as they're willing, as long as they have been hired and are willing to 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 learn and to understand it, the club, the DNA that runs through this club runs through the ticketing people, it runs through the operations people, it runs through the social media people, it runs through the foundation, it runs through us. Like we all have this culture that we that is Chattanooga Football Club, and that I, we wor- that we worked on for fifteen years, and that we have to fight for. Every this is it's fifteen years of it, but we and we have to continue to fight to make sure we make it better and continue to to take the good stuff and, and throw out the bad stuff. But w- that that culture is strong, that community is strong, and we're going to get through this. We're going to be okay. My, I think my, I'm just I'm just sad. Igbok. I think my uh, my one thing for the next CEO is I want them, and this and this 
this is very very similar to what we what we've already said but i think i want to i want to frame it like this that ceo does not I, w- I want them to understand that they don't just work for the board of chattanooga football club they work for the community of chattanooga they're tasked with this specific role which is leading chattanooga football club leading chattanooga's football club uh, and, and and fulfilling its mission and, and directing front office to 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 do that as well. But they they work for the community in Chattanooga, building a better community through soccer. That's what they're tasked with. And uh, and and I think I think all other things run through that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, boys. Um... Yeah, I think if if you're listening to this and and you are are wondering like maybe you didn't know Jeremy super well, if you're a new podcast listener, go back. We have some, multiple episodes uh, with Jeremy in the past, including one recently this off season before this happened, a catch up and review of last season, um, as well as like if Jeremy, if you're listening to this, man, we love you. I'm gonna fucking miss you, man. Um, and we'll see you soon. And we'll see you soon. Um, and then if you're if if you happen to be the board or the front office or somebody listening to this, like. I know like I had a negative tilt in this because I am very sad. Um, but I, f- I feel very positive about the future of the club. Like I, I'm excited. I believe in you. I trust you. You guys got this. Uh, let's, let's all go make sure the next CEO is super successful. And, and if you're the board, like for the love of God, hire two people. Let's not do this again. <laughs> let's not all, let's not all be worried about what comes next because just do the right, do the right corporate planning or whatever the right term is. Succession planning. Succession planning. All right. Anything left? Anything we missed, boys? Um, I think. Uh, I just want to say one thing. On the last pod, I was talking about we or that I was a part of. I think we were talking about like um, roster pieces, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember saying like, uh, remember what we saw last season, and just trust Rod and know that things are going to fall into place. Well, if this past fucking Saturday wasn't that, then you don't listen to the right podcast. And Rod, we trust, baby. Yep. And Rod, we trust. Yeah, I'm feeling. Uh, it's still a long way to go, and we'll talk more about it, but I feel good about where things are going. Me too. All right, boys. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch up with you guys soon. Peace.